Hi, everybody. Welcome, listeners. Welcome to another exciting episode of I'm Horrified. I'm Horrified, episode 39. Wow. Wow. I'm your host, Allie Rayner, and this is your host... I was already Sam thinking. Sam Bunted. I'm just going to take it from you. I was thinking about what the bit would be today. And no you bit. ruined it. No bit. My life is bits. Yeah. Listeners, we come to you today a little a little haggard. I'm very ill. Po- poor Allie is, looks great because she just had her hair <laughs> dyed and her nails done, but she is so ill Inside, and I, I am awful. empty. Ugh. Um, And, you know, Sam's going through a lot because she saw a mouse in our apartment. I did see. It just walked in front of me like it's a fucking fourth roommate, you know? Yeah, honestly. It was like, oh, hey, you're back from Thanksgiving, and I was, like, cool, and then I put enough mint in my room that it, it gave me a headache. Somebody broke into our mailbox downstairs. Yeah, really spooky. Really fun way to come home last night. We have no fucking idea what's going on. Yeah, so... so just, like, be gentle with us. Yeah. Today. Be kind, rewind, is what I would say. You're not gonna get the whole 45 minutes of sparkle <laughs> that you usually get. Is that usually what you get? <laughs> I, I'd love to, please tweet at us if you think you usually receive 45 minutes of sparkle for us. Yeah. Or if it's more like 52 minutes of incomprehensible screaming. What I'm trying to say is that you're not gonna get the same level of panache. <laughs> Alright? But we're here. We're here. Get used to it. Get used to it. So, Sam, you're taking the lead today. I'm going to take What are you going to talk about? Um, today I'm going to talk about a, a, a shitty sister scenario to Gamergate. It's called Comicsgate. Ew, it sounds just as bad. It is. Oh, good. I'm going to talk about viral internet challenges. Ooh. And I hope everybody knows what I'm talking about, but I'll explain it. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I have a couple in mind. Yeah, and it's pretty lighthearted, and this doesn't seem like it's going to be lighthearted, so... Comicsgate, tell me about it. Yeah, this is lighthearted depending on how much you can, like, brush off your shoulders the actions of all men. So. (laughs) Gotta stretch those muscles these days. (laughs) So, um, a couple months ago now, I think, this was a while ago, our dear friend and father, Walt McGuff. Sweet Walt McGuff. Um, broke down Gamergate for us in all of its just fucked up horribleness. Yes. That was a fantastic episode, so if you haven't heard that yet, please go back and listen to it. Yeah, you don't necessarily need to for this, but it's, you know, I I disagree. Okay, fair enough. I think you need our comedic context for this. Fair enough. So pause this episode, go back in the feed, listen to the Gamergate episode. What are you doing if you're not caught up with all the episodes? (laughs) Why is your life so busy? Yeah, really. You don't have... 45 minutes every Monday. Every for us. Monday. Jesus. Or you can even listen later in the week. That's all I'm saying. All right. So, Walt came. He talked to us about Gamergate. I hated it. I hated it. But I don't know if you remember this. Within kind of the Gamergate discussion, he also mentioned a thing that's kind of happening now called Comicsgate. And Which he, I don't know anything really about, yeah. but I can assume things. Yeah. And it, he really didn't like get it. He was just like, it's happening again. It's Comicsgate. Fuck. Um, and so at first I, like, on purpose did not Google this, because I was like... I can only take so much. Much like Andy Dwyer, like, I fell into the pit. Yeah. <laughs> like, I wasn't trying to. <laughs> the pit. Yeah. Um, that's one of my favorite Parks and Rec reoccurring sketches, is. is that song. I know you love it. I sing it a lot, and people don't recognize the reference. I the always pit. do. I Thank you. That's why, for you. that's why I started a podcast with you. Hold my hand. I can't hold you. I'm so sick. <sighs> I mean, I'll do it. No. <laughs> I'm a person who really appreciates, like, physical. <laughs> I'm just gonna, like, brush up against you. Oh, okay. thank you so much. No, you're ill. All right, so, let's talk about Comicsgate. 
Ugh, no. I know. What if I was just like, no, I don't want to. (laughs) I don't feel like it. Then this would be a pretty quick episode for the people. Tell me about it. Alrighty, so... The too-long-didn't-read version of Comicsgate is that it's like Gamergate, but for comics. So it's like there are real fans who are overwhelmingly straight white dudes. And then there are, like, SJW bitches. Right. And they're all fighting with each other on Twitter. Naturally. They're talking about ethics and comics journalism. Who cares? I know. (laughs) Um, the thing that's almost more interesting is to talk about the couple of ways that Comicsgate is different from Gamergate, although they are both yucky. So I'm, I'm gonna try to talk a little bit more about that. But, you know, you have, it's hard because these movements are so much, like, nebulous online shitstorms that it's not like, it's not like a real thing that happens. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just kind of like a cloud of, ugh. That descends. Yeah, that's the best way to put it. I really think it might be. So to talk about Comicsgate, we need to understand what's happening in the comics world right now. And it's basically this. So the two big comics makers, which are DC and Marvel, don't make the majority of their money from comics anymore. They make them from movies. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Right, doesn't it? I didn't think about it really either until I started researching this, but yeah. But yeah, duh. So that means that, like, instead of making comics to be really big hits and sell a ton of copies, they are actually, like, if you think about it, kind of using comics as a place to test ideas that will eventually be made into movies. Okay. Like, it's more of a proving ground than it is, like, I need to sell five million copies. Like, really, that doesn't matter to them anymore. Yeah, it's just kind of like a vanity project, and they're like, oh, we could see if we get something that kind of sticks, and we can make that into a movie. Which, I will admit, is not a great business model for a comics factory, because, like... Comics factory. (laughs) Comics factory. Because, like, one day these, like, superhero movie bubble will probably burst. Yeah. So they should be trying to just, like, make good comics, but, like, they're not right now. And that makes sense. Right. So Marvel especially, like, it's very easy to point to them as someone who's been doing this lately. They've taken a lot of their main lineup of heroes. Think, like, Iron Man, Captain America, Spider-Man, the Hulk... And they're reimagining the characters. And when you think about it, it's like, oh, like, Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans are not going to want to play these characters for much longer. So if in the comics they've passed on their mantles to someone else... It makes sense. In three more years, you can make a movie that's about this mantle passing. And the thing that these, like, comic skaters don't like is that when they're reimagining these characters, they are reimagining them as not white dudes. Yeah. Which, you know, I am all for. But Sometimes it's great. It's things like Iron Man is now, like, a teenage girl who's a person of color, and the Hulk is a Korean dude, and, like, the Spider-Man right now is Miles Morales, who's, like, a very popular character. He has yeah. his whole... He's getting a movie, which is really fun. Yeah. Well, that's, like, the whole blow-up, and everyone was like, oh, we want, you know, Donald Glover to play Spider-Man. And everyone was like, what the fuck? Yeah. How could that be? And it's like, Miles Morales is already a character. Yeah. Like, it's in the Marvel Universe. He exists. But also, I loved Donald Glover's comment, because someone said to him, like, there's just, like, there's no black people who are like Peter Parker. And he's like, there's no black kid living with their aunt in Queens who likes science? <laughs> no, surely not. <laughs> you think surely no not. way that this happened. That was my, like, favorite response, was Donald Glover just being like, guys, I'm not saying I'm gonna play him, but, like... Have you been to Queens? Yeah. <laughs> have you... Have you met people? But so... 
Marvel is very much doing this, I think. Like, obviously they haven't come forward and said this, but, like, they're doing this for their movies, which are their cash cow. Yeah. They're doing this so, in a few years, when Mark Ruffalo is like... I don't want to. I don't want to. They can hire a K-pop sensation to play the Korean Hulk that's already in the comics. Yeah. I mean, and that's better than just doing new reiterations of the comics that are, you know, cis white dudes. Like, exactly. That's, that's great. And it's like... Like, the the version I'm pitching right now, like, is probably the more realistic version, but this is, like, the capitalism version of, yeah. like... Oh, yeah. The United States is only getting more diverse. There's only more calls for people to see people that look like them in movies. Yeah, it's not from the goodness of their heart. It's yeah. because people are demanding it, rightfully so. It's also better and more interesting and newer. So I'm mm-hmm. thrilled that they're doing this, yeah. even though I think they're doing it strictly to make money. The problem, of course, is that, uh... Unremarkable white dudes want to feel like superheroes, and as soon as you take the Hulk and you make him Korean, that's a personal affront. Duh. It's a- it makes you angry. And they feel like it's social justice warriors who are taking over comics. They're like, Marvel feels this pressure from these outside forces that are these bitches who don't even really like comics. Which, like, yeah. when you break it down, it doesn't make sense, like... If I'm a fake geek girl that doesn't like comics, like, why would why I... Why would I then be using my power to pressure <laughs> comics into being more progressive? Yeah. It doesn't make a ton of sense. But they are able to point to flagging comic sales and be like, see, I'm right. When you make SJW garbage, people don't want to buy. What they're not taking into account, you guys, is that all print media is on the decline. Yeah. If The New Yorker is not selling... God knows fucking Ultimate Spider-Man number 365 yeah. is not going to sell either. Yeah, obviously. Like, but they like they can point to these charts and be like, see, it's on the decline. But it's like even the white boy comics aren't working. Yeah. Like, it's just comics aren't as popular as they were in the 60s. Sorry. Yeah. Buying physical things is not as popular. In, yeah, in, in like. general. Yeah. <laughs> so that's like the state of the comics world. So now we can really get into Comics Gate. And there are a few events that are thought of to be, like, the thing that began Comicsgate. Like, whenever a comic that a feminist person or even just a woman has written, like, is either popular or not popular, like, the internet has opinions. Right. Or if it's, like, a comic maker and it turns out they are a misogynist and they suck, the internet has all these opinions. Like, there's just always someone ready to tweet angrily, no matter what's actually happening yeah a tweet's about to happen and i would say the most notable comic skater that's can be a term today it can be it's our podcast hell yeah his name is richard c meyer and he is an army veteran and former paypal employee and he started this twitter and youtube channel called diversity and comics which like based on the name maybe that would be something good oh no but he's saying like he doesn't like diversity in comics he should have named it Diversity in Comics Bad. Yeah. So no diversity knew. and, yes, comics. Yeah. Got it. But so he appears in literally every article about Comicsgate because he's a really big, like, rallying point for comic skaters. They retweet him. They agree with all his opinions. And he's, like, a very loud voice in this. And he and the rest of the comic skaters gained a lot of credibility in their minds in April of 2017, when a Marvel executive named David Gabriel gave an interview in which he seemed to say that the company's push for greater diversity in its character lineup might have led to reduced sales. So like I was just saying, there's a lot of reasons there's reduced sales in comics right now, 
But it was enough to make Meyer and all these comic skaters feel like they were totally right to be saying, like, yeah, like, Riri Williams can't be Iron Man because look at how badly this comic is selling. And this Marvel executive is agreeing with us. Yeah. And if only all of these SJW fake geek girls weren't involved. So it really came to a head in July of 2017. There was a Marvel employee named Flo Steinberg, who had literally been an employee at Marvel, like, since its founding. She had been, like, Stan Lee's assistant. Oh, wow. She had, like, she's appeared in comics. People have, like, drawn her in because she had worked there for so long. Oh. And her name was Flo? Her name was Flo Steinberg. Oh, my God. And so, um, she passed away in July of 2017. Oh, I know about this. Yeah. I remember what you're gonna say. And so, like, a group of women who were working for Marvel at the time went and got a milkshake in her honor, because she loved milkshakes, and they, like, posed for a photo, smiling at the camera, holding up their milkshakes, and tweeted, like, in honor of Flo, like, we're all got a milkshake, Milkshake Monday, like, how fun, whatever. So, like, they were asking for it. Oh, yeah. Those fucking cunts, is what I would say. Going to get a milkshake... (laughs) While being employed. I, I honestly remember that. I remember this being a thing and I remember reading the whole article about it and being like, but what, like, literally what happened? Like, what on earth could this be about? So please, uh, please explain it to me. So I wish I could, like, for whatever reason, this is the straw that broke the camel's back, but I cannot understand what about this image was so infuriating. I think it was just, like, they were all women who worked at Marvel and it was just, like, proof that there were women working at Marvel? I don't know. <laughs> that I was wish the proof. I could understand. It's like, so you need to tell me <laughs> that there are human women working at this organization. There's enough women that you all could go and get milkshakes. My God. My God. So, yeah, I wish I could understand what made people so mad, but they just freaked out. Twitter abuse, like, descended on all the women in the photo calling them fake geek girls, calling them social justice warriors, doxing them, which means, like, releasing personal information, just, like, constant, just, like, hate, and just, like, continuously tweeting at them that they were bitches and sluts and the reason that the comics were failing. And they would just be like, okay, I don't, I got a milkshake. I'm so sorry. I don't know what I can do for you. So far, so similar to Gamergate, right? Yeah, that's very similar. A woman does something and everyone just freaks out. Yep. Uh, and here's something else that feels very familiar. As this toxic movement grows, Marvel and DC make zero effort to condemn these dudes. They just have, like, no comment. Right. Like That does feel similar. Why would they comment? They are bazillion-dollar companies. Who cares if, like, their fans are accosting people on the internet? I care. I care. They don't. They don't. They just don't. Like, it, it just is infuriating, because it would go so far if the official Marvel Marvel Twitter was just like, cut it out. Don't. Yeah. You know what I mean? It wouldn't stop it. Like, I'm not saying that all all comic skaters would then be like, okay. But, like, I think a lot would, you know? Yeah, I think it would. And I think more people would then feel comfortable standing up, because they'd be like, oh, if Marvel is saying don't, then, like, I feel comfortable to say, like, yeah, I also don't want you to say that, you yeah. know? It's yeah. just, it's so infuriating. Okay. Now we're going to get to a fun difference between Comics Gate and Gamergate. And the difference's name is Ethan Van Scriver. What? Whom? <laughs> Whom, indeed. Ethan Van Scriver is a popular comics artist, and he's worked for both DC and Marvel, 
on really popular titles like Green Lantern Rebirth, New X-Men, and Wolverine. So like very recognizable names. So in addition to this, uh, Van Scriver also sucks bad. Oh no. Because like he not only interacts with comics gate trolls, but he encourages them. So like he has a Twitter, he's very active on it, and he is not one of the faceless accounts who like says like you're a slut bitch. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's not what he's tweeting. But he He's like, is there a place for social justice in comics? I don't think so. Exactly. And he's like very aware of the fact that many of his followers are comic skaters. So when he retweets something, he basically like launches the comic skaters onto them, the the person he's retweeted. You know what I mean? Right. If he he can tweet like, oh, I disagree with you there, Jane, like. I think comics should only star men, but hey, that's my opinion. But then all of his fans will be like, you're a slut whore, Jane. Yeah. You live at 123 Prescott Street. Fuck you. Yep. It just sucks so bad. And then he's like, well, I was just trying to talk to you. I was just trying to have a conversation. Yeah. Excuse me for trying to have a conversation. I hate him so much. Yeah. That makes me so fucking mad. That honestly makes me more mad than the fucking, like, incel assholes Mm -hmm. who, I mean, obviously doxing is a crime, but, like, it makes me more mad that he just comes in and is like, you know, actually all lives matter, so, like, there should be just as many white people in comics. Um, just my opinion, lol. And then, like, a shitstorm gets unleashed and he just gets to, like, sit back and play moderate. Like, I can't stand people like that. Yeah, and he has... Um, he has a YouTube channel that's pretty popular, and so he'll, like, tweet at people who he's, like, d- who are saying, like, wow, the state of comics is uh, fucked. My god. And he'll be like, would love to have you on my show to debate. And then they'll be like, no, I'm good. And his, you know, mob, and I say his, like, technically, he's not collected them. I mean, Charlie Manson didn't technically kill anyone. <laughs> Very true. He's, he was died in jail, so. I know, but it's like... So he will say, do you want to come debate me on my YouTube channel? And they'll be like, no, No. (laughs) I'm really not interested in that. And then his fans will be like, you know, you, if it's a person of color, very racist things. If it's a woman, very sexist things, like tweeted at them constantly. And then very often this person will tweet like, Ethan Van Scriver is encouraging these masses because like, he's not telling them to stop. Yeah. I know these people are fans of them. They're tweeting at me that I'm, like, a coward bitch for not going on a show. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like when people who are sending bombs to CNN are quoting Trump's tweets verbatim. Yeah. He has a responsibility to say something about it. Exactly, right? And then, like, Ethan Van Scriver can go, like, hey, 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 I just invited you to come on my show. Like, I don't know why you're angry with me. I was trying to start a conversation. I think fucking hate that. I know. That makes me so angry. And here's the other infuriating part. So he's pretty famous, right? Like I said, like, he's written for Wolverine, he's written for Green Lantern, or drawn, I think he's an artist. So, like, when stuff happens like that, comics media picks it up and does stories on, like, Ethan Van Scriver and, you know, Jane Smith's Twitter beef, and that just means more people hear about it, and more people tweet about it, and, like, the cycle just gets bigger and starts again. And people naturally side with him, because not only does he have comics cred, but he's also a dude. Yeah. And even, and then when people don't, it's, it gets even easier for trolls and, and shitheads to, like, tweet at them. This fucking sucks. Yeah, I hate him so bad. And he's sucked, like, forever. So, like, he shares memes from, like, the Reddit subreddit The Donald and Peppy the Frog memes. And, Ugh. like, he's just always sucked. He's, like, 
he did one tweet where he was talking about like a comic or something and he said we're cleaning up your queer globalist mess and he's hosted gamer gators like on his youtube show so like as much as he says like i'm just trying to have a conversation like he's trying to have no. one side of the conversation no yeah uh i'm exhausted i hate him so bad i hate him so bad i'm horrified yeah i'm horrified so like that makes me so mad. It's just, it's hard because he really is, like, well-respected in the comics industry. Like, it's not like he's a random douche. Yeah, so they I have, they have, like, this champion. Yeah. That's different than, Gamergate doesn't have a figure like that. Like, even the guy who kind of kicked it off writing the, um, the Zoe post, um, that didn't, he, he didn't become, like, the figurehead of the movement. Yeah. he was and just a dude. Yeah, and he wasn't a really popular games developer. Right, exactly. You know what I mean? Do you want... Something cautiously optimistic. Give me one ray of hope. So, like, here is something lovely. This, um, comic skate thing might actually end up with a satisfying conclusion. What? I know, it sounds unbelievable, but it may be true. Um, so I'm about to do a big quote from this great article on Vulture about the whole comic skate. Give me it, I love a quote. Fuck up. So here we go. The tide seemed to turn when comics gate went after a widow. Uh, Darwin Cook, one of the greatest writers-slash-artists of all modern comics, died in 2016, leaving behind a wife, Marcia. Uh, a Comicsgate-affiliated Twitter user who goes by at Grom Comics then tweeted that Darwin, quote, would have been Comicsgate. And an infuriated Marcia, this guy's wife, yeah, I was like, Fuck replied you. to him, Hi guys, this is Darwin's wife, and I can guarantee he thought you comic skate idiots were a bunch of crybaby losers ruining comics because you are. Fuck yes. I fucking love Marcia. All hell broke loose. Comic skaters started harassing Marcia, and Marcia kept pushing back, eventually telling Ethan Van Scriber that his, quote, friends are being transphobic, to which Van Scriber repeat responded that she should just mute them. Progressives were enraged at the perceived callousness and refusal to denounce the harassing users, and yet another wider wildfire about Comics Gates spread throughout Comics Twitter. So, like, finally people are like, holy shit. Like, like, stop. Stop this. For real. And then the difference this time was that an extremely successful comics professional stood up to be counted amongst the anti-Comics Gate crowd. Again, a big difference from Gamergate, where, like, no one who was, like, really embedded in took the industry stand. was willing to take a stand. So, uh, this guy, Jeff Lemire, tweeted, quote, Comicsgate is based on fear, intolerance, bigotry, and anger. The comics creators emerging today are too talented, too smart, and too loud to be beaten by these weak people. It's time we start standing up for one another. Love it. Right? So that gets retweeted like crazy. And then the next day... Legendary artist Bill Seinkowitz follows suit with a long Facebook post about how much he hates Comicsgate. And this all culminated in a tweet by Injustice writer Tom Taylor, stating, quote, I believe comics are for everyone. There is no excuse for harassment. There is no place for homophobia, transphobia, racism, or misogyny in comics. That's fucking right. Right? And then so this gets retweeted and copied by a ton of famous people in the comics industry. Like, it becomes one of those, like, copy-and-paste posts, yeah. kind of. But it's all, like, really well-respected writers and artists. The beacons are lit! Right? <laughs> Gunder's finally calling yeah, for aid. Yeah, is the kind of shit those nerds would love. I know. <laughs> so, like, obviously a bunch of people tweeting is not enough to kill a horrifying, disgusting <sighs> online movement, but 
It is more... The centuries of patriarchy that bred this movement. I know, but it is more than the gamer community ever could do for Gamergate, and it has definitely decreased since this kind of moment when a lot of comics professionals were like, alright, come on now. That's great. That's really good to hear. Right? <laughs> the first time ever. So, like, may every industry take kind of its cue from this. Yeah. That, like, if you stand up, if you say, hey, I don't like this, like... It will s- slow down. And powerful people in the industry can use their voices to squash this behavior. Yes. That will work in a certain in a certain capacity. Exactly. So like That's just, amazing. Just going back to Marvel in DC, fucking never being willing to say anything about this, but this is the silver lining. Comics Gate has definitely decreased since this happened. And I'm still horrified that it happened at all. And oh yeah. Fuck Ethan Van Scriber. He sucks bad. Yeah, he does. Oh god. Huh. That was so a fucking ride. That's comics. I felt fate. so infuriated, but then hopeful. Yeah. I've uh, been everywhere. I like to leave you with a teeny yeah. bit of hope. Not much. Yeah. And I mean, there's, other than just Marvel and DC, there's there's other comics out there. I think people don't really realize that. Like, there's other good indie comics, and there's good uh, graphic novels that yeah. are happening right now. I read last year Persepolis, which I was love Persepolis. Fantastic. Um... We have a good friend who works at Boom Studios, so you should check them out. Yeah. He's always posting really cool stuff yeah. about, like, the, what they're working on, um, and a lot of it seems, like, progressive and cool. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, comics are wonderful. Like, we both are really into, you know, the cinematic universe of Marvel and DC. I read comics when I was growing mm-hmm. up a lot. Um, you know, there's there's really good, beautiful stuff out there, and, and it's just getting better. Just, like, you know, games. Like, even though I'm not a gamer, like, there are games out there that are beautiful and narrative, and and just, like, go out and support the good work that's being done by good people, I think. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And it's just, like, comics and games both, like, there's such an interesting way to tell so many stories. So true. And, and it's so funny that both of them are saturated in this weird, hyper-masculine nerd culture. Yeah. Like, I, I'm fascinated by that. I am so fascinated by that. I was fascinated when Walt talked about it, and I'm fascinated by what you covered. So, yeah. thank you. Absolutely. Tweet at us if you guys have any favorite comics that you want to recommend to us. Oh, yes! I, yeah, I don't know a lot right now. Yeah, I so. haven't read a ton. I've read a few, yeah. but I always want more recommendations. We always want it. Absolutely. Um, all right, Allie. Well, I think it's, um, your... I think we did it. I think we went over the difficult hump. Yeah. It's <laughs> and your, we all deserve something. It's your sick, sick time to shine. Yeah. Um, I feel better. I feel kind of invigorated by the rage that I felt. Yeah. So. It can be purifying being I, that angry. Yeah, I feel cleansed. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to talk about viral internet challenges, so which are infuriating in a more, um, sort of carefree way, mm-hmm. if you will. So this is something I've long been fascinating with, and so too has our great nation, it seemed. Because, yes. Because I feel like America is usually at the forefront of doing, like, s- cataclysmically stupid shit on YouTube. Absolutely. And though many of these things I'm about to talk about did take hold internationally, which is crazy. Um, and I've decided to go sort of in a timeline, so from the early 2000s when these things kind of started mm-hmm. until present day, more recent things. Nice. Um, and a lot of this information I got from a vocative article called The Not-So-Brief Timeline of Idiotic Internet Challenges. And also from Wikipedia, because I'm ill. (laughs) Um, So what most people claim to be the genesis of viral internet challenges actually began in print media. And as I love to tell my boyfriend, who is a successful newspaper reporter, print media is dead to me and everyone else. True. So in 1996, the Associated Press published a story about how Peyton Manning had taken a bet that he couldn't eat six saltines in 60 seconds. 
And that challenge was featured on The Early Show in 2001 and saw a resurgence when YouTube launched in 2005. And the the premise was just you eat six saltines. Okay. In 60 seconds. And you can't drink anything. Um, and apparently it's very difficult. That's dry. Yeah. That's and are you now worried about why I brought saltines into this room? Yeah, I mean, I've been eyeing the box. <laughs> You're not feeling well, so at first I was just yeah. like... Yeah, at first I was like, hey, Sam, do you have any saltines? You're like, yeah, I think we have some. But now I'm a little bit nervous. You're gonna make me don't eat be nervous. No, six why would I do that? In Sixty seconds. You don't know what else is in this room. So what? next, the cinnamon challenge. Is there a cinnamon <laughs> somewhere that you're just hiding from me? The cinnamon challenge can be traced back to 2001 um, and gained major traffic in the mid 2000s. So a lot of this thing, it's interesting because a lot of these pre 2005 were getting traction without YouTube, which yeah, was very weird. That's hard. And it was getting traction on different social, like primitive social media sites mm-hmm. and like blogs my and space. you know myspace like just weird places friendster friend what even <laughs> um so the cinnamon challenge is just you eat a spoon of cinnamon like a spoonful of cinnamon um without drinking anything and these are hysterical to watch um because like you just like basically cough all of it up and yeah there's like a, 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 a it is funny cinnamon it's very funny but it's just so painful and terrifying because cinnamon coats your entire throat. Oh, God. So when you're watching it, you're laughing because the person, like, cannot stop coughing. But, like, it can cause, like, a lung collapse. Oh, my God. It's so dangerous. <gasps> what? Yeah, so don't do that. All right, in 2005, we see the entry of the Sprite Banana Challenge. I haven't heard of that <laughs> me one. Me neither, I haven't. What is the Sprite Tell me what you think it is. Tell me what you think it is. Um... At first I was thinking, like, Coke and Mentos, but that doesn't make any sense. So now I'm thinking you have to, like, drink Sprite while you have a banana in your mouth? I don't know. You know, the truth is poetically simple. Okay. You eat two bananas and you drink a can of Sprite. Why? Just as fast as you can. Why? And without vomiting. Why I can't that... answer why. And for none of this, I can answer why. I think if you combine two weird foods quickly, you're gonna vomit. Okay, like, well that's some fancy. You're pre- you're basically right. So there was like a lore going around that it was kind of like Coke and Mentos, like bananas and Sprite, like the potassium and the whatever. <laughs> and that none of that's true. But like there was a lore going around that like oh, it's like a bad chemical reaction. And then a doctor like went on a talk show and was like, no, you just shouldn't eat like. a <laughs> shit ton of filling food and a can of Sprite, like, (laughs) immediately you'll vomit if you drink anything as fast as you can. (laughs) So don't do it. Um, Around the same time, we're in, like, the mid-2000s now, um, we see the salt and ice challenge. So this challenge was to pour salt somewhere in your body, a lot of people did it on their arm, and then hold ice over the salt for as long as you can stand it, because it created, like, a burning sensation. Oh, no. So this is so stupid for so many reasons. So salt reacts with ice to make it even colder, like, even below freezing. Yeah. Like, I thought of, you know, when you're making ice cream from mm-hmm. scratch, like, you put salt in the ice to make it really, really cold. Yeah. Um, so it also numbs your skin, so you don't necessarily know how bad the damage to your nerves are. <laughs> oh, no! Your um, nerves! So, like, if you dare, go look online at the pictures that come up when you Google salt and ice challenge, because people are basically burning themselves for meme fame. Um, <laughs> I don't know why. I have no idea why. God, I saw but, a stupid one yesterday that I'm assuming is not on here, but just stop me. Have you seen, like, the pause challenge? No. So it's, like, a bunch of guys. I, they must all just be friends with each other. But they're, like, in the middle of doing something, and then their friend, like, who's holding the camera, lifts up their remote, and they're like, oh, hey, Tim, pause. And then you have to, like, stop what you're doing. So obviously they do it when you're, like, pouring juice or, like, 
catching your kid coming down the slide or, like, passing money to someone at, like, a supermarket. But I'm just, like, I would just keep going. Like, if I'm pouring juice and it's going to fall, like, I... I would just not. I would just not do it. Well, it sounds like just, like, a weird extension on the mannequin challenge. Yeah, it kind of is. Which we'll talk about. But, yeah, Salt and Mice Challenge is, like, horrifying. Yeah. I can't. It made news in 2012 when a kid went to the hospital with second-degree burns. Oh, my God. From the challenge. So, God bless us, everyone. Um, that kid's gonna have a scar for the rest of his life. And when he's, like, 40, his kids are gonna be like, Daddy, where did you get that scar? And he's gonna have to be like... I was a fucking moron when I was, I was 13. Idiot. And we all were, but I bear the the weight of that. <laughs> really, I'm the you know, only on one my who skin. was this big an idiot. It's like the dragon tattoo of our generation. Yeah, it's like kids in the '90s would get like a dumb like Tribal. you know Beavis and Butthead tattoo, and Ugh. then they'd have to explain that to their children and their children's children. Yes. But we just have like you know dumb dumb challenges. scars from when we tried to jump off a trampoline or something. Oh God. So also in the mid 2000s, uh, there was actually a Diet Coke and Mentos challenge. Which was just basically exactly what you think it was. Just, like, the volcano you would make for a science fair, but in your mouth. Fun. Um, jumping ahead to 2011, we have the hot pepper challenge. Which, this one's boring. This is drab. You just eat as many hot peppers as you can. Uh, That's the whole challenge. Mine would be, like, two. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> I'd be like, nah, nah, I'm bored. Uh, but some of these are so convoluted. I'm like, yeah, work that's harder. Fair. It's nothing compared to those Sprite and Banana challenge. I know. Yeah. <laughs> so, now, 2012 is important. It's the year that internet challenges really took off. So I'm going to mention a few that sort of entered the the scene in 2012, but you also would see a lot of the earlier ones, like the Saltine Challenge, mm-hmm. the Coke and Mentos Challenge, like all of those Coming back. resurging. Yeah. So it was just a really big year for challenges and for bloggers. Like, it was a year, a big year for bloggers, too. Like, like, you know, I don't remember exactly when Jake and Logan Paul started, but, like, a lot of people of their ilk yeah. were kind of coming to the forefront. We were seniors in high school. Yeah. So, the like YouTube around... generation was right after us, I want to say. I think Thanks. the YouTube generation is kind of now, mm. and a little bit before us. Like, it's just, I, I it, we had YouTube, but we didn't worship it, I think, in the same way. Yeah, I bet that. Um, but, it was, like, it was important to us, but the, the sort of fandoms that took hold. Yeah are, you know, like, a little new. Yeah, I buy that. But but I'm not sure. That's just my feeling. But 2012, we were still young, and this was happening. So it started with the condom challenge in 2012. <laughs> now, this one, this one I just had to really pause and research it, because I could not picture what was being described in these articles I was reading. So basically, you take a latex condom, and you snort it into one nostril, and you try to get it to come out the other nostril. Or... You try to get it to come out of your mouth. I wish I could describe Sam's face right now. I feel physically ill. Yeah. It's fucking gross. It's so gross. And it's such a choking hazard. Jesus fuck. It's like a wild choking hazard. And it's, it's just so like... stupid. It's like, why? Like, there's something kind of that I understand about food challenges. I don't like them at all, but, like, I understand the juvenile kind of yearning for nonsense and whimsy Mm -hmm. when it comes to, like, chugging a gallon of milk, which we'll get to in a minute. You know what I mean? Like, I understand that. I can empathize with that. But this one, it just really made me mad. I was like, what were you thinking? Like, who came up with this? What were you thinking? And this is not to be confused with the, um, condom water balloon challenge, which is, like, you fill up a condom with water, so it turns into a water balloon, and then you dump it on someone's head... 
and the water like splooshes oh, everywhere. Yes, but the like condiment theory like them. goes over your face. Yeah, to suffocate you to death. Yeah, I guess, and you fucking die. And you fucking die. No, that doesn't happen. But usually the condiment just split. Mm-hmm. I don't. I. What a waste of pr- a protective. You know. I'm just imagining a bunch of, like, horny virgins going to buy condoms for these challenges. Yeah, and it's like, we're not even gonna use these for sex, we're gonna use them for the internet. <laughs> and the people at CVS are like, what? So also in 2012, I just mentioned we have the gallon challenge, which is a drinking an entire gallon of milk at once. Which makes me think of Leslie Nope and Parks and Recreation. Yeah, it's impossible. It's not possible. You can't do it. And we also have the fire challenge, which again, poetically simple, you just set things on fire. Oh, that's, that's easy. I've, that's in a way, easy. I've done that, because I've done what? I've lit candles. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I have to say, and this is something I have to come to grips with, that me and my delinquent friends didn't do this on the internet, mm-hmm. but we would, like, light things on fire <laughs> in a very similar way to the fire challenge. Like, I remember we, we realized once that you could use, like, cheap perfume, like, cheap body mist or whatever, and if you spray it on something and then light it on fire, it would burn off the body mist and oh. it would go out yeah so like we'd like drench our hand in body mist ah. or like fake perfume and then light it on fire yeah. and like be like oh my hand's on fire ah. it's like that's what we would do yeah one time i set my bathroom counter on fire did i tell you about this no um sorry mom you're probably listening <laughs> to the fact that i did this but i yeah i just like sprayed like old perfume all over my bathroom counter, and I lit it, and it all went up in flames, and it went out. And it didn't even hurt the bathroom counter. Well, but I am, I am, I am floored that it did not burn our house to the ground. <laughs> I can't believe that. Yeah, I'm so glad that house is still standing. Me too. Um, can't believe it. So yeah, then in the year of our Lord 2014, we have, what was it, Sam? What do you think happened in 2014? Was it the Ice Bucket Challenge? The Ice Bucket Challenge, that's right. So tell me what you remember about the Ice Bucket Challenge. I know you did it. You I did, did it do you, it. You nominated somebody. Maybe yeah. it was me. I, I don't remember. No one I nominated did it. Um, which and is, didn't you feel stupid? I mean, I just, so it was the, it was raising money. Yeah. In theory, which is nice, which it seems like that seems unique. You're right, it did. Um, For ALS, I think, like for research. Yeah. Um, Not for ALS. Um, it was a cultural moment. It really was. And it was literally just like you dumped a bucket of ice water on your head and then you challenged like three people to do it. And then there were variations. Like in the sum, it was like, if you don't do it, you have to give. In some, it was like, I'll give for every person that does it. Like, but ultimately money was being raised. Right. And I think the foundation, like the ALS Research Foundation made like millions off it. Well, I'll give you the facty facts. Please give me them. Um, so... Yeah, the Ice Bucket Challenge, also known as the ALS Ice Bucket Challenge, went viral um, in July and August of 2014 and the months following. So the idea was that you would film yourself dumping a bucket of water, ice water, over your body and then challenge a certain number of people to either do the same or pass it on and donate $100 to ALS research. Mm-hmm. So I think in its original iteration, it was like, you either have to do, you either have to donate or you have to do this. Yeah. Which that didn't make a ton of sense to me because I was like, why wouldn't you just like dare somebody to donate? I'm confused. Yeah. But, um, I never really actually understood it. But regardless, tons of people participated in lots of different ways. 2.4 million tagged videos circulated Facebook. Wow. And, um, like over a hundred million dollars were raised between July 29th and August 29th. That's amazing. Which is incredible. It's pr- it is incredible, and Thanks, I'm glad Internet. that that happened. Um, however, research showed that only 10 percent of people who were talking about it on Facebook or doing the challenge actually donated. So, like, I don't know. And it's like just one of these things. 
that, like, it leaves a bad taste in my mouth, but I have absolutely no idea why. Like, why yeah. am I being such a bitch about this? Like, I, I don't know why I'm being so... Maybe I'm just so jaded. Do you know what I mean? I was just like, mmm, it's just performative. And it feels performative. Yeah, it definitely but it, was. But it raised $100 million. Yeah. So, like, why am I being so annoying about it? And it reminds me of, like, you know, those those wristbands that said, like, you know, like, save the boobies or, like, oh, save I the tatas. Those. Like, it was this, like, thing for breast cancer research that was, like, kind of these sassy saying about mm-hmm. boobs. Um, and... You know, I'm always very aware of, like, I don't want to make breast cancer research ever about saving breasts. Do you know what I mean? It's about saving saving women. women Yeah. And people who are affected by breast cancer. And you don't need breasts to be a whole person, whether yeah. you're a woman or not. Like, it just doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saving them so they can be sexy for you. Yeah, and I think that, that, that was a huge problem, and I think that that's something that left a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths. But it was raising tons of money. So I was like, ah, like, yeah, you know, and hard. it was just like, you know, what is this performative aspect of people like, you know, it's the same people who are like doing mission trips to Africa mm-hmm. and it's like a, you know, their pre- Facebook profile picture a little like white girl from years. Duke University being like, I met this girl and she changed my life and like, I now realize how lucky I am and I'm like, just like, Jesus Christ. But it's like, but she did go on the mission trip. Yeah. It's just, it's, I don't know. I'm just like t- totally humorless about it. Um, and I'm just being a grouch, but also there's stuff to criticize everywhere. Of course. And so the ice bucket challenge is clearly like the Mac daddy of viral internet challenges, Mm -hmm. but I have a few more honorable mentions. There was the duct tape challenge where a person duct tapes you like together and you have to escape. Great. On camera. One person almost died doing that. So great. That's perfect. There was the Kylie Jenner lip challenge. This one I remember. Yeah, that was pretty recent. Ah. You suck on, like, a drinking glass or something, so you would get, like, basically, like, a blood blister and, like, a bruise all around your mouth. Um, it was supposed to make you, like, look like you had Kylie Jenner's lips, but, you know, those, like, her lip enhancements in general are are appropriate and stupid, so thank you, next. (laughs) Um, there was the mannequin challenge, which you talked about earlier, where you, like, take a video and it's supposed to look like a picture because everyone's, like, totally still. Yeah. And, like, tons of celebrities were doing that. But, like, Michelle Obama did that, so I'm fine with it. Amen. Honestly, there are more. Um, but the last one I will mention is the Tide Pod Challenge. Oh, God. Dare we call it the challenge to end all challenges? In a way. Um, the Wikipedia page for it is called Consumption of Tide Pods, which I just <laughs> find hilarious. Let's break this down a little bit. Though the incident really took off in 2017, its history lies in the memedom dating back to 2013. So there were lots of jokes about Tide Pods looking, like, delicious, like, just, like, a... There were, like, satirical uh, articles on, like, The Onion and Mashable about, like, you know, like, don't you just want to eat a Tide Pod? Mm-hmm. So it was, like, starting to be memed early on. And then in the in March of 2017, College Humor released a sketch called Don't Eat the Laundry Pods, which was just, like, a video, mm-hmm. and that was popular. And then, much later that year, almost a year later, in December of 2017, there were, like, all these memes and tweets referencing the consumption of Tide Pods that went viral. Um, which led to the genesis of the Tide Pod Challenge. So, like, there were a couple of funny tweets that were going viral, and then that led people to actually begin putting those memes and tweets into practice and making the Tide Pod Challenge. Because I think the Tide Pod Challenge started out as a joke. Yeah. And then people actually did it. Oh, God. So, the Tide Pod Challenge is, in short, to eat a Tide Pod, um, which is a detergent pod 
for laundering yeah. your clothing. It's like, you, um, you wouldn't drink straight yeah. detergent, so you should not eat a I mean, tampon, wouldn't you, though? A teens on YouTube will drag us all into oblivion. Um, um, so there was obviously a spike in detergent poisonings in January of 2018, because, like, right as the new year flipped over, this was happening. And the following weeks, Facebook and YouTube started pulling down videos of people doing the Tide Pod Challenge, which that really hadn't happened before. Yeah. And... Tide began releasing PSAs about not eating their products. They hired Rob Gronkowski to say, like, please stop eating Tide Pods. Because <laughs> um, he was, like, cool with the kids. Yeah, and by January 17th, then this just kills me, the Association of Poison Control Center um, reported that there had been 37 ingestions of detergent pods by teenagers. So that's 17 days into the year. So, like, in 17 days, 37 ingestions. And half had been intentional. Half of them. Well, why only half? Uh, yeah, what was what the, other, the half? other 15 doing? That just, Jesus. like, drives me crazy, like, thinking about how many teens did this by accident. So, yeah, I mean, that's all that I have the stones to discuss. Jesus I Christ. can't do any more. But there's sincerely more out there. Like, anything you can, any stupid shit you can think yeah. of, somebody has dared their peer to do yeah. it. Um, but, yeah, by God, we have not seen the sunset on viral internet challenges, and I'm truly horrified. Me too. Um, so, Sam, we're not done yet, because... I'd like to be. I'm gonna remind everyone about what I have here <laughs> in <laughs> our room. So, I have some saltines here. And when I was reading this, I swear to God, and I know that this is why the saltine challenge happened, but I was like, <laughs> I can eat six saltines in a minute. You can't. Of I don't believe you can. Of course I can. So, what we're gonna do... <laughs> when you say we... Oh, <laughs> we're doing it. Okay. So, I'm gonna give you six saltines, and I'm gonna give me six saltines. Why and do I feel on like... the air right now, we're gonna try to do this. It just doesn't seem that difficult. I, it, I think it's gonna be really dry, baby girl. Yeah, but it's 60 whole seconds. Alright, whatever. <laughs> I really don't... That's one saltine every 10 seconds. I just think it's fine. Okay. Okay, so I'm gonna put 60 seconds on the clock. Are you guys ready? Oh, Listeners? God. Do you Shout out your, if you're ready. Do you have your you saltines have your with you? Six saltines ready. Six. All right. One, two, three, four, five, six. Is this? Oh, I have seven. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm not fucking around. I have six. I think I can do seven. Oh my god. Um. Okay. I have six. Are you ready? I want you to accept right now that there's going to be crumbs all over your room. And I'm fine with it. House. This is for science. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Are you ready? No. But are you yeah. ready? Go. <laughs> You can't drink anything. I know that. <laughs> this is gonna be some weird ASMR for us. Why is it not going down? Because <laughs> you can't drink anything. Fuck. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> I have one down. <laughs> I have one. Mmm! Ah, oh, 20 seconds! <laughs> I left two in! Mmm! Mmm! <laughs> poked me! Ow! Do you have three? Wow, it's really bad. Alright, I have two down. I'm- i this is my third I'm holding. Mmm! 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 Jesus, fuck. Mmm! <laughs> Oh, all right. <laughs> How many did you get? I'm I'm finishing the third. <laughs> scrubs all over you. Yes. Okay, well I finished three at least. Good for you. <laughs> that doesn't. That just seems like it would be so easy. They're so dry. Babe. They're so dry. Uh. 
Okay, well. <laughs> pick all the crumbs off me. Well, thanks, guys, for just listening to us chew for 60 seconds. I love saltines. They're so good. They're delicious, but, like, with water or, like, maybe Nutella on them. Okay, everybody, stay horrified. <laughs> stay horrified. Thank you.